Welcome to Woodlands Church. It's amazing the energy that is in this empty auditorium with our Woodlands worship team. I mean, just praising God with all their hearts. But it has uh, no comparison to next weekend, to the energy level that's gonna be in this place as we're returning to in-person services next weekend, August 29th and 30th at all three of our campuses. We are so excited about this. Chris and I have been praying about it for a long time, just asking God, when do you want us to come back to in-person services? When do you want us to do this? How do you want us to do this? So we've been really trying to seek the Lord in this. We've been looking at all of the medical experts and all of the different experts and all that, but really it just comes down to God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? What does love look like today? And we really believe it's so essential for us to come back to in-person services with school starting back, and we're gonna try to make it as safe as possible. Um, Our children's ministry is gonna be open again, our preschool ministry, all of our ministries uh, open again, all three of our campuses, our North Point campus, our Atascacita campus, our Woodlands campus, we're all coming back to in-person services, um, and we're gonna do things a little bit differently, sanitize, keep things as safe as possible in every way. Um, But if you don't feel comfortable coming back to in-person services, we totally understand. You know, and, and we want to protect the most vulnerable, most of all, and it, it's so important. And so uh, you can just keep connecting with us online because we're going to keep boosting our online capabilities. And right now, more people connect with Woodlands Church than ever before. More people are attending Woodlands Church than ever, uh, even though our campuses haven't been open for in-person services, but people, thousands in this area and around the world have been connecting with us. And so we're so grateful that you're connected with us. Um, If you can't come to in-person services next weekend, if you don't feel comfortable, that's okay. Um, Just worship with us at your house. And you may want to turn your house into a house church by inviting some neighbors or some friends that you feel comfortable with um, that you know are doing the things that you're doing. And so invite them over. Maybe it's your life group. So you can watch the service and worship with us in your house. It'll be a house church. Uh, But we're so excited. We've been asking God every day, what does love look like today? And we think it's so important, uh, even though that uh, we still have uh, hospitals that are at capacity, it seems to have leveled out and not overflowed. And so we feel like that trying to be as safe as possible and be as loving as possible to those who are most vulnerable, it's so essential that we get back to in-person services. And so we'll be starting next weekend. It's going to be amazing. And uh, tell your friends, uh, text someone, let them know. But I'm telling you what, we are going beyond the walls. Uh, We're taking church to people. We're taking church to the community. We're taking church wherever people are. We're going to keep doing that more than ever as well. And I, I want you to watch this video because over the last month in Operation Overflow, you have ministered to thousands of people, making a difference in their lives. Just watch. It's amazing what God's doing through you. We have given thousands upon thousands of pounds of food away to the under-resourced and under-resourced communities. We have been giving meals and prayer and encouragement to medical professionals at all the hospitals. We have been giving backpacks and school supplies to kids who wouldn't have had it uh, without us giving them to them. And so we're just so grateful for what God is doing through you during this time to make a difference. When everything gets darkest, the church shines the brightest and you're shining Woodlands Church. And even as we come back to in-person services, we're gonna keep reaching out more than ever to bring church where the people are, to meet the needs of hurting people. 
Well, I'm going to come back in just a moment with this new series that we just started called Dancing on a Tightrope. It's all about learning to live in the tension of life because most of life is lived in the tension. And if you can learn to dance in the tension, then you've really learned what God wants you to learn because it's only in the tensions of life that you really learn to trust God. And most of life is not problems to be solved. It's tensions to be balanced. And we're going to learn how to dance on a tightrope. So I hope you'll text a friend, maybe post something on social media, uh, because God's really been using this message this weekend to change lives, to bring so much encouragement. But right now we're going to sing. And so I really encourage you to stand and sing, to get ready to start practicing as we come back next weekend to in-person services and we sing to the Lord and we lift him up on high and we praise the one who's worthy of our praises. So would you join Woodland's Worship as we praise the Lord? Well, we just started this new series we're calling Dancing on a Tightrope because a lot of times in life, we feel like we're on a tightrope of tension in the middle of a problem, in the middle of confusion, in the middle of stress, in the middle of a relationship conflict, in the middle of a family crisis, we feel like we're out on a tightrope of tension with no net below. Now I have here a little beam that I'm trying to keep my balance on. And I have to admit, even though I'm not very good at keeping my balance, I don't feel a lot of tension because it's not very far off the ground. Now, if you put this beam 20 stories up in the air, uh, it would freak me out a little bit. Even 20 feet in the air, I'd be freaked out. I'd be really freaked out if I had to dance on this beam 20 stories up in the air because that would converge my two greatest fears, the fear of heights and the fear of dancing. Several years ago, Chris and I took a dance class, and I was the worst in the class. The teacher pointed that out. Chris was so embarrassed, and she gave up on me when it comes to dancing. And we've never been back. I was raised Baptist, so I have an excuse. Uh, I just can't dance. Usually, though, when we're out on the tightrope of life, in the middle of the tension, we think it's bad. We just naturally think we're in a bad place. We naturally think this is a bad thing, but the tension of life is not a bad place to be. Really, it's the best place to be to learn to trust God. In fact, it's only in the tension of life where we can truly learn to trust God. It's only out on the tightrope of tension in that place of in-between where we truly learn to dance. Now, when we're on the tightrope of tension, we usually make the mistake of thinking, if I can just get to the other side of the tightrope, there'll be no more tension. You know, if I can just get to the other side of this stressful season, uh, then everything will settle down. If I can just get to the other side of this big problem, then I'll be problem-free. But folks, the only place that's problem-free is heaven. And we find ourselves in this place of in-between, in-between where we used to be and where we really wanna be in life. And, and, And you see, the problem is, when we try to race past the tightrope to get to the other side, and when we try to get out of this place of in-between because it feels so bad, what we find is 
Just another tightrope of tension waiting for us. Just another problem. Just some more stress. Because once we get to the other side of a tightrope, there's always another tightrope of tension. Another stressful season may look a little different, but stress and problems. And whenever we find ourselves caught in this place of in-between and we don't like it, it doesn't feel right, it feels bad, we want to hurry and get to the other side of the tightrope, we miss the miracle that's in the moment. We miss the miracle that's in the moment that God has for us. And so today, my message is called Embrace the Place. Because you have to embrace the place of in-between. If you don't embrace the place, then you'll try to race right past the place. And you'll miss the miracle that God has for you. And you'll never learn how to dance on the tightrope. Well, last week, we looked at Moses in his place of in-between. He was supposed to be the great deliverer to deliver his people from slavery in Egypt. And yet he fails miserably. He ends up in the desert which was his place of in-between. And God meets him right there in his place of in-between through the burning bush. And we saw that last week. And we saw that God showed up right there in the place of in-between. It was right where he wanted Moses to be. And if you feel like you're in the place of in-between, I want you to know you're right where God wants you to be so that he can show up right where you are, right in the very place you're at, and meet your needs. So today we're gonna learn how to embrace the place and not race past the place, how to enjoy the moment, how to embrace the place where God has you and to experience the miracle that he has for you. So open your Bibles to Exodus chapter three and we'll begin with verse three and we're gonna kinda pick up where we left off last week looking at Moses. So he thought, why isn't this bush burning up? I must go over and see this strange sight. When the Lord saw that Moses had come over to see it, God called to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses answered, here I am. And God said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals because the place where you are standing is holy ground. Dear God, I thank you that the place where everyone is right now is holy ground because you're there. And I know, Lord, you wanna do something some kind of miracle, Lord, in everyone's life, that you want to meet us right there in our place of in-between. You want to meet us right there in that place where we feel uncomfortable, right there in that place where we feel the pressure, right there in that place, Lord Jesus, where we feel like you've forgotten us. You're right there. And so I pray right now that in this moment that we would learn how to embrace the place so we don't miss the miracle that you have for us right now. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, God shows up in Moses' place of in-between in the desert. God meets Moses in the place of in-between, and he says, Moses, right now, this place is holy ground. I've just turned this place of in-between into holy ground. Have you ever been to a place where people considered it sacred ground? If you've been to Glacier Mountain National Park in Montana, then you've been to a place that the Blackfeet tribe consider sacred lands. Uh, Chris and I have been to Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, where Jews consider it a sacred place because the temple once stood there. Muslims also consider it a sacred place because the Dome of the Rock Shrine is there. Chris and I have also been a couple years ago to Gettysburg, 
Pennsylvania. And that's considered hallowed ground because from July 1st to July 3rd, 1863, um, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania was the site of the bloodiest battle ever fought on American soil, over 50,000 casualties. But right after the battle, those rolling hills and wheat fields and peach orchards of Gettysburg were considered anything but sacred ground. I mean, it was a place of just horrific human carnage and death, destruction, blood-soiled ground. But just a few months later, standing on the same ground, President Lincoln uttered 275 words that changed that place from hellish ground to hallowed ground. In the Gettysburg Address, which lasted less than three minutes, Lincoln spoke words that turned that place from a place of horror into hallowed ground. Now, Moses didn't realize he was on holy ground when he was in the desert, this place of in-between. To him, it looked like God-forsaken ground. He thought God had forgotten him out there. It looked like desolate ground. It looked like hopeless ground. I mean, he used to be in the palace of Pharaoh, and now he's out here in the desert. It looks like hopeless ground, but God shows up, and he says, Moses, I'm turning this place from hopeless ground to hallowed ground, and you're standing on holy ground right now. Moses, I'm turning this place from desolate ground to divine ground. When God shows up and God speaks, he says, this place of in-between is holy because I'm here. And God makes any place where your feet are standing holy ground because he's there. He shows up. And maybe today you feel like you're standing on shaky ground. Or maybe you feel like you're standing on uncertain ground and you just don't know what's gonna happen next. Maybe you feel like you're standing on fearful ground or anxious ground. Or maybe you feel like you're standing on lonely ground and it just feels like you're all alone in what you're going through. Or maybe you feel like you're standing on hopeless ground. God shows up today and he says, no, You're not standing on hopeless ground, you're standing on holy ground because I'm changing this hopeless ground into holy ground. I'm changing this anxious ground into peaceful ground. I am changing the place where you are, this place of in-between is holy because I'm here. When God shows up in that place of in-between, changes everything. From hopeless ground to holy ground and you're standing on holy ground. Right now, you're standing on holy ground because God is there, and he wants to do something amazing in your life. And God shows up best in the place of in-between. God does his greatest miracles in the place of in-between because he has our attention. And so God shows up, and he turns the place into holy ground. Well, Lincoln ended that nation-defining speech of the Gettysburg Address with these words that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. He was saying, we're not gonna let this pain be in vain. They're not gonna have died in vain. The reason why we embrace the place of in-between is because you don't wanna go through the pain in vain. You don't want to waste the place. So you could be in the place of in-between, 
and it not do anything for your life. And you miss the miracle because you're always looking to get past the place. You don't embrace the place, you race past the place and you waste the place. So many times we waste the place of in between and God says, this is where I have you right now and this is where the miracle is. I have so much for you to learn. Don't waste the place. Don't experience the pain in vain. You can go through the place of in between and just get bitter or you can go through the place of in between and embrace it and God will make you better. God has a purpose for you in the place of in between. And so don't waste the place. So how do you embrace the place and not waste the place? Let me give you three practical steps that Moses experienced here. Three practical principles how you embrace the place. First, learn to let go in the place of in between. Got to learn to let go. In Exodus 4, 2, it says, so the Lord asked him, what are you holding? A walking stick, he answered. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. And when Moses threw it on the ground, it turned into a snake. And he ran away from it. And so God comes to Moses and he asks him, what's that you're holding? What's that you're holding in your hand? And Moses said, this? Oh, it's just my shepherd's staff. I mean, I found it a few years ago out in the wilderness and I I've been whittling it ever since, and I'm kind of proud of it because I turned it into a really useful staff. I use it every day in my work, but it's no big deal. And God says, well, if it's no big deal, then throw it on the ground and surrender it to me. You see, I believe it was one of Moses' last possessions that he was holding on to. He had lost just about everything from living in the palace, and now he's out in the desert. And God was saying, Moses, I want you to learn to surrender everything you have to me because I love you so much and you can trust me with everything. And until you learn to surrender everything, you can never learn to dance in the place of in-between. I want you to dance the dance of joy and the only way you can ever discover it is through surrender. And if you're holding on to anything too tightly, then you can't really take hold of all that I have for you. And so I need you to surrender this. And, And you see, God looks at me and he looks right in my heart. And God looks at you and he looks right in your heart. And he asked you the same question. He asked me the same question. What's that you're holding too tightly? What is that you're holding too tightly? Is it a business? Well, God, I mean, you do the spiritual stuff, but my business is my business. What is that you're holding too tightly? You're trying to control, you're worrying over. What is that you're holding too tightly? Is it that relationship that you're holding too tightly that you're crushing the life out of it? What is it? Is it your finances? Is it that dream? What is it that you're holding too tightly? God says, I want you to throw it down because I love you. I want you to surrender it because until I come to the place where I say, God, I give up. I'm tired of trying to control this. I'm worn out. I'm not God and you are. I give up. I surrender it all to you. It's all yours. I can never dance that dance of joy in the place of in-between. And God wants you to learn to dance the dance of joy in the place of in-between. And he wants you to learn that you could trust him with everything that you have, everything that you are. What is it you're holding on to too tightly? Is it that problem that you're trying to solve because it means so much, you've got to solve it, you've got to fix it? Is that, what is it? Is it another person you're trying to change? What is it you're holding on to tightly? Have you come to the place where you can't hold on anymore? That's where God wants you to be, where you just give everything up to him. And that's when you can begin to feel his peace 
and you can begin to learn to dance in the place of in-between. To embrace the place, you gotta let go of all that you're holding on to and surrender it all to God. Well, Moses does this. He surrenders it to God. He gives it over to God. And in the place of in-between, he finds everything that he needs. It's in the place of in-between when you surrender everything to God that you find everything you need. Remember Abraham? God called Abraham to be the father of a great nation, but he and his wife Sarah were unable to have children. But finally, in their old age, God works a miracle, and Abraham and Sarah have a son. They name him Isaac. God promised Abraham he'd be the father of a great nation, and then God worked a miracle, and now it looks like it's gonna happen. But then when Isaac is a young child, God comes to Abraham and says, I want you to go to Mount Moriah and sacrifice your son Isaac on the altar. And Abraham, who's supposed to be the father of a great nation, God promised him that, and then God's telling him, sacrifice your only son? And it doesn't make sense, God. I mean, I'm supposed to be the father of a great nation, and yet, and you gave me this son, and now I, I don't get it. But Abraham knew the goodness of God by this time. He also knew how he had messed up things so much, how Abraham himself, by trying to help God and work miracles for God and help God with a miracle, had really messed up. And so by this time, he was at the place of surrender. And he knew the goodness of God, that God loved him and loved Isaac, and God would take care of it. And so as Abraham and Isaac began to walk toward Mount Moriah, the place where the temple would be later built, and they began to walk, little Isaac asked, Dad, we've got everything that we need for the sacrifice. We've got the wood. We've got you know, everything we need to build the altar, but where's the animal to sacrifice? And Abraham just looked at his precious son and said, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. And when they got there, Abraham puts Isaac on the altar and he takes out a knife because the Bible later tells us that Abraham knew that God would provide and he knew that he would be the father of a great nation. He knew that God loved his son and so he believed that if it came to it, God was gonna raise Isaac from the dead to do whatever it took. But right as he raised the knife, God stopped him and said this. And how powerful is this? Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. There on Mount Moriah, where the temple would later be built, where one day the temple will be rebuilt, he surrenders everything, his most precious little boy. And God gives him exactly what he needs. You see, when we learn to let go to God, then we receive everything that we've ever longed for. If you seek to save your life, you'll lose it, Jesus said. Seek me first in my kingdom and all these other things will be added unto you, Jesus said. And so all the things that you're striving for, that you're trying to hold on so tightly to, that you're trying to reach for to get, 
God says, if you'll just let go, I'll give you everything that you need. Your deepest longings, the things that you really need. And I care about the things that are precious in your life more than you care about them. So give them over to me for their sake. We have to learn to let go. And when we do, God provides. The Lord will provide. Maybe some of you just needed to hear me say this to you. God speaking to you through his word, the Lord will provide. What is it that you need? The Lord will provide. Surrender and the Lord will provide. Surrender and the Lord will provide. Give it to him and the Lord will provide. Throw it down and the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Learn to let go in the place of in between. But then secondly, you've got to learn to take hold in the place of in between. So Moses surrenders his staff and it turns into a snake and then God says, pick it up. In Exodus 4, 4, it says, so Moses reached and took hold of the snake and it turned into a staff in his hand. And so he obeyed God and he took hold of the snake. He surrendered to God and he took hold of it and did what God told him to do. God says, take hold. Okay, you've let go and that's time to take hold. And he takes hold of the snake and it turns back into a staff, but it's not the same staff anymore. It's no longer an old shepherd's staff and walking stick. It is now the staff of Almighty God. It's the same staff that Moses would touch the Nile River with and it would turn it into blood. The same staff that he would raise above the Red Sea and it would split in two and the people would walk across on dry ground. It was the same staff that Moses would lift above the enemies of Israel and their enemies would be defeated and Israel would be victorious because it was no longer just ordinary walking stick. It was now the staff of Almighty God. And when you give something over to God and he gives it back to you, he changes it completely. He changes the purpose. He changes the power of it. You give your house to God, he changes it. Now it's God's house to be used for your enjoyment but for God's glory. And you start having your life group in that house. Maybe you turn it into a house church. You use it for God's glory. You see, when you give something over to God, and he gives it back to you. He takes all the ego out of it, and he puts the power into it. He takes the ego out of it. He puts the purpose into it. And maybe you've got a dream you're holding on to tightly. Maybe it's a relationship. Give it over to God. And he'll either give it back to you with a whole new purpose, a whole new power, or he'll give you something better. And sometimes we don't see it at the time. It doesn't feel like something better. But God always has a purpose and God always has a plan. And he loves you. And he cares about you more than you could even care for yourself. So we have to give our cares to him. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And so Moses lets go and then he takes hold of what God has for him. And that's so important because sometimes it's time to take hold. You see, once you surrender and let go, then it's time to take hold. You see, if you just surrender and let go, and just, then that's just giving up. That's God, I just give up. But you go, God, I give up, and I give up to you. And then God's going to say, then I want you to take hold. Now that your hands are free, you can take hold of all that I have for you. Once you surrender something to God and you release it, then your hands are free to take hold of all that God has for you. And I believe with all my heart 
it's time to take hold. It's time to take hold. It's time to take hold of God's promises right now. It's time to take hold of them. I mean to take hold of God's promises with all your might, with all your life, depending on it. It's time to take hold. It's time to take hold of God's blessings that he has for you. It's time to take hold of God's peace. It's time to take hold of God's purpose. It's time to take hold of God's grace and walk in his grace and breathe in his grace. It is time to take hold. I believe with all my heart, Woodland Church, this is a time for us to let go of all that we're holding on to that keeps us from taking hold. And then it's time for us to take hold of our community, to take hold of our city, to take hold of our world, take hold of our nation, because I'll tell you what our nation needs. Our nation needs Jesus. It needs God to take hold of it. We need God to take hold of our nation. That's what we need, because the answers to the problem we face in America today are spiritual answers because we got spiritual problems. It's not gonna be solved by a politician. It's not gonna be solved by education as important of a role as education plays. It is not going to be solved by government. Government has its place. But we have spiritual problems that need spiritual answers and only Jesus can bring those answers when God takes hold of this nation, when we take hold of God, that's the answer. And so Woodlands Church, it's time to take hold. It's time to take hold of Jesus Christ with all of our heart. But you can't take hold if you're holding on to something else. You can't take hold of the eternal if you're holding on to the temporary. You can't take hold of the treasure if you're holding on to a trinket. It's time to let go so we can take hold. Moses takes hold, and it starts a new era of his life, taking hold of the promises of God. Paul in Philippians 3.12 says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul is saying, I can risk reaching out and taking hold of all that God has for me because Jesus Christ has taken hold of me, and he'll never let me go. It's kind of like when a tightrope walker is walking on the tightrope and walking on the tightrope knowing there's a net below. And it gives you so much confidence knowing that there's a net below. And now I'm coming up to the part that's actually the size of a tightrope. But when you know there's a net below that's going to catch you, it gives you so much freedom to take the next step. And I'm telling you, Christ follower, Christ has taken hold of you, he'll never let you go. And you can risk reaching out and loving. You can risk reaching out and letting go. You can risk reaching out and taking hold of all that God has for you because he's holding you and he will never let you go. He's got a grace net under you, a grace net. There'll be times that you fall. There'll be times you stumble. There'll be times that you make a mess of it. But his grace net will catch you and he will never let you go. A lot of times, though, we don't take hold of the tension of life. We want to get rid of the tension. But Paul says, I'm not going to run from the problem. I'm not going to run from the pain. I'm not going to run from the tension. I'm going to take hold of the challenge. I'm going to take hold of the tension because I know Jesus is holding me. See, a lot of times we're trying to solve a problem in life, and it's not a problem that God wants us to solve. It's just a tension to be balanced. Um, I have here 
one of those poles that tightrope walkers use. They use these poles to balance, and it really helps you. And I, I tried it earlier, and it really does help you on, on the, the beam there, on the tightrope, because first it feels a little counterintuitive, but, but once you start losing your balance one way, then you tilt the pole the other way, and, and it really helps with your balance. And so sometimes we're trying to solve a problem in life and get rid of that problem when God says, that's not a problem to be solved, that's a tension to be managed. Like trying to balance work and family. We always want to get to the place where we solve it, and it's all perfect. Well, that'll never happen. It's kind of like if family were on the left side of the pole and work were on the right side of the pole, and if you want to solve it, then what do you do? Well, you spend all your time at work, working 24 hours a day, always at work, and you're doing a great job at work, but you neglect your family and lose your family, and then eventually you burn out at work. Or, hey, I'm going to solve this problem. How can you do it? You can lose the tension by just being with your family and never working, always concentrated on your family, and you're just doing great with your family. You're hitting home runs with your family, but then you lose your job, and then your family doesn't like you anymore. (laughs) And so it's just a tension to be managed. I used to try to solve that all the time. I'm going to get it perfect, balancing family and work, but I've never solved it, and finally I realized it's not a problem to ever be solved. It's a tension to be managed. You need that tension, and I just pray, God, help me balance this tension better. Help me be more balanced in this for your glory. Sometimes we pray, God, take this problem out of my life, and God says, I could, but I'm not gonna do it that way. I'm not gonna take this problem out of your life. I'm gonna leave it with you, and I'm gonna give you the power to balance it and balance the tension of this problem. Maybe it's anxiety attacks and you're going, God, take these away. Take these out of my life. And God says, I could do that. But on this one, I'm not. I'm going to let you just learn how to balance that tension better so I can teach you some things that you need to learn. I'm going to get you to the right psychologist. I'm going to get you to the right people to help you out, you know, that love the Lord. And and, and I'm going to teach you in the middle of anxiety my peace. I'm going to just help you balance it better so you'll have more compassion for others who are going through the same kind of things. I'm going to just help you balance it better. I'm not going to take it away. See, a lot of times when we pray, God, take this problem out of my life, God takes it away, but sometimes he doesn't because he just wants us to balance it and to learn something we could never learn otherwise. Paul prayed three times for God to take away that thorn in the flesh that he had. Now, usually when Paul prayed, God took the problems away instantly. But this time, he prayed three times, and God still didn't take it away. Then finally, God said, Paul, I'm not going to take this one away. I just want you to learn how to balance the tension of this better so that you'll find my strength in your weakness. And maybe it's depression. And you say, God, take it away. And you've been praying, God, take it But God hasn't taken it away. And he's saying, no, I'm not going to take this one away. He could. But maybe he's saying, no, I want you to learn to balance the tension of it better. I'm going to get you the right people to help you out and all, but but I'm not going to take it away. You just got to learn to balance this better so that you can find real joy. Even when the dark cloud of depression is over your emotions, you find your real joy in me, and you learn to trust me, and you go to a new depth with me, and you learn to balance it better, and you learn to depend on others and look to others and admit you need help and have more compassion for others. I'm going to let you have this one. So you'll learn to balance it with my power. And you see, the only place you can really learn peace is in the middle of worry. 
the only place you, you can really learn and experience real genuine faith is after you admit your doubts and you work through those doubts and arrive at real faith. The only place where you can experience courage is in a place of fear and you move ahead anyway. The only place where you can really experience God's strength is in a place of weakness. And God says, I want you to learn to balance it and I want to give you the power to do it. And so sometimes we just gotta take hold of the tension. We wanna get rid of the tension, but God says, take hold of the tension. Take hold of the challenge. Take hold of the problem, but with my power and with my strength. Well, in the place of in between, we've gotta learn to let go and we've gotta learn to take hold, but then we've got to learn to go forward in the place of in between. That's the third thing I want us to get. In Exodus 3.10, God said, now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you can bring my people Israel out of Egypt. Moses had been making all these excuses to God and God finally says, just go. Would you just go? Sometimes we get stuck in the place of in-between. God has us in this place of in-between, but he doesn't want us to stay stuck. He wants us to take steps, steps of faith to move forward. It's kind of like riding a bike. When you're going forward, it's easier to turn. And God says, when you take steps forward, then I can guide you. I can turn you where you need to be. And so it's time for you to go. Take a step of faith. Get going. In the place of in-between, God says to you, hey, get going. You're stuck right now. It's time for you to get going, and I'll take it from there. I'll give you the power to take the next step, and I'll guide you to the next step. But you got to get going. Stop waiting to live. One of the greatest mistakes we make in that place of in-between is we wait to live. And God says, start living. This is your one and only life. Get going, and I'll take it from there. I want us to bow our heads right now. And if you feel like you're in the place of in-between, I just wanna pray for you. Dear God, I pray that you would help us, every one of us, realize that that place of in-between is holy ground right now because you're there. It's no longer hopeless ground. It's holy ground. And then, Lord, I just pray that you would meet us right where we're at and you'd work a miracle as only you can. That you would meet our deepest need. That you, Lord, would meet us at our place of need. That you would meet that need, Lord, that we feel so desperately on our hearts that we could never do on our own. And that we would give it over to you. We would surrender to you. We would surrender everything, Lord Jesus. Our relationships, our time, our finances, our talents, our family, our everything. We surrender to you, Lord, because you love us so much that you want the best for us more than we even want the best for ourselves. And Lord, when we try to control it and play God, it just, it only crushes us and hurts us and everyone around us. So we let go. Lord, that problem that's weighing us down, Lord, we let go. We can't fix it. We give it over to you. We need you, Lord. Help us learn to dance, Lord, and then help us take hold of all that you have for us, to take hold of your promises and trust you and believe you, to take hold of your power and your strength, to take hold of your purpose for our lives and to take hold, Lord, of our nation, that you would take hold of our nation as you take hold of us and we take hold of you. Oh, Lord, we need you so desperately and we thank you that we have you. Lord, help us to take the next step, whatever that may be. In Jesus' name. So what is the next step for you? Is it 
receiving Christ? Have you ever received Christ? You can just say these words to God right now, right where you are. Dear Jesus, please save me. I'm tired of trying to save myself. I can't do it. I ask you to save me and forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life through your Holy Spirit and change me from the inside out. Help me grow in my faith. I accept your free gift of heaven and salvation and forgiveness. I could never earn it or deserve it. Now be the Lord of my life and help me take hold of everything that you want me to take hold of and guide me from now on. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life, we wanna know about it. Would you just click raising my hand to receive Christ? And our pastors are right now in the online chat that'd love to talk to you. If you have any questions, you wanted to pray with you, um, they're right there right now for anyone who would like prayer or just conversation. But now we're gonna give back to God some of what he's given us. And we give because we love God. And we surrender ourselves to God, our hearts, our talents, our treasure. It's all God's anyway, but God says give the first part back to show that I'm first in your life. And when we give the first part back, God says then I will bless the rest. I'll meet your needs. I'll get you through. You can trust me in it. And so as we give to the Lord, the only way we can give is online right now. Um, we can't give in the auditorium, so we give online. So go to wc.org slash give, wc.org slash give. If you've been procrastinating, don't do it anymore. Do it now. Put God first in your finances. And God says, whatever area you put me first in, then I will bless the rest. I'll strengthen you in the rest. I'll get you through the tough times. And so give God first place. You can also do it on your smartphone. You can just text the word GIVEWC. It has to be one word, GIVEWC, to 77977. Give WC to 77977, and you can set up recurrent giving right there. You can set it up online or through your smartphone, and you can be faithful in your giving with God's power. Or you can mail in the check to One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. Or you can give stocks or assets. We can't all give the same amount, but we can all give. And we give for our own sakes. We give and let go to put God first so that we can take hold of all the things that he wants us to take hold of, the most important things. And so as you give, just thank God for what he's doing to the church too because we believe with all our hearts where God guides, God provides and God is gonna provide for you. We believe with all our hearts that as we're stepping out in faith as a church family and as a church, that God's gonna provide. There's so many hurting people, there's so many people in need that we've been meeting needs and we're stepping out in faith, stretching to meet needs in faith, and the amazing thing is, when you do that, God provides. But there's always a lag time between when you step out in faith and when God provides, it tests your faith. And so we're stepping out in faith. Woodland Church is stepping out in faith. But we know where God guides, God provides. There's so many hurting people that we have to step out in faith and meet the needs of those who are hurting. Well, Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Bless our giving, and we thank you that we can be out on that tightrope dancing, Lord, the great adventure of being with you because you'll never let us go. Bless our giving in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.